I don't think I introduced myself earlier. If you're visiting with us, it's great to have you with us, uh, whether you're visiting grandkids or whatever. Thanks for joining us today. My name's DJ, the church pastor here at Parker Ford. Uh, we're just going to have a brief time of teaching. The main part of our service uh, was enjoying the kids here. Uh, but I did want to give a couple thoughts. So um, I want to invite you to sort of uh, calibrate your minds <laughs> into a new gear <laughs> and uh, thinking through the word this morning a little bit. So um, our theme for Advent that I chose for us this year is glory to the newborn king. Can everybody say that? Say it to your neighbor. Glory to the newborn king. All right, I want you to think about that phrase for a second. Take a moment to think about the paradoxical qualities of this statement. Glory. Glory. What is glory? Light and adoration, power and authority, dominion, kingship, glory to the newborn. Glory to the newborn. This isn't Jesus on a white steed. This is newborn, child, baby, completely dependent on his caretakers. Glory and honor, reverence to the newborn king. Jesus, fully God, became fully human in the incarnation. Each year during Advent, we take time to dwell on the incarnation, the virgin birth, and the Christmas story. This year, what we're highlighting is the glory of Jesus as a newborn, fragile and dependent baby. From the moment of his conception and certainly also in the immediacy of his birth, Jesus was worthy of glory and kingship. Jesus, the newborn baby, was worshipped by angels and prophets and was already the greatest, fullest, and most glorious human to have ever lived. So the invitation throughout Advent is to join in this celebration of Jesus being more perfect than Moses, greater than all the angels of heaven, greater than the law, wiser than Solomon in all his glory. Glory to the newborn king. Last week, uh, Mike led us in, in thinking about Jesus being greater than all the heavens and the heavenly beings, the angels. This morning, what we're looking at just briefly is Jesus the newborn greater than all the prophets, greater than the greatest of prophets. So as we read a few passages from Luke this morning, I'd like you to think about these questions and note these things. So as we read, how is the glory of Jesus revealed? So how is the glory of Jesus revealed in these stories about his birth? What do these stories teach us about the ministry of the Messiah? So right from the beginning, right from the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, what do we learn about what it means for him to be Messiah, Savior, from these stories? I'd invite you to note how both men and women, young and old, marvel at God's work through the Christ child. When was the last time, and I want to invite you to let today to be a day of marveling, when was the last time you marveled at the story of God? When was the last time the, the story of Jesus stirred you and moved you? Marvel at God's work and allow yourself to be led to a place of wonder and worship at the glory of Jesus Christ. So this is my invitation to you today as we engage a couple stories. So Jesus, a child worshiped by prophets. We're gonna start with uh, John the Baptist 
who Jesus called the greatest prophet to have ever lived. But we will see that even John, the greatest prophet, marvels and worships at the baby Jesus. So we're going to pick up in Luke 1, verse 39. This is after Gabriel has appeared to Mary, and she has uh, uh, submitted to the will of the Lord. She said, let it be done to me according to your word. And then she goes to see her relative, Elizabeth. So we're picking up at that part in this story. Verse 39 of Luke chapter 1. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Who's she carrying at this point? John, John the Baptist. This is Elizabeth, the the mother of John the Baptist. When Elizabeth hears the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Just at the voice, the presence of Mary bearing Jesus within her womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed, verse 42, with a loud cry, Blessed are you, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary, bearing Jesus, is greeted by Elizabeth, and John the Baptist, the greatest prophet, already in the womb of his mother, is shouting out with everything in him, glory to the newborn king. What, what of course, uh, was John's main mission? What was John's main mission? To what? Prepare the way. To prepare the way of the Lord. And right off the bat, even within the womb, we see this greatest of prophets preparing the way of Jesus by leading his mother into worship. Now, those of us uh, in the Protestant church, we are very wary sometimes of talking about Mary because of the way that she's uh, been adored in the Catholic church. Um, and there are, there are problems with that, the level to which it's been taken. But we've also let the pendulum probably swing a little too hard where we don't talk about her at all. Here we see, in the word of the Lord, this description of Mary. Blessed are you among women. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And later, and blessed is she who believed. That's Mary that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, Mary is not a mediator between God and us or anything like that, but she is an example for us to follow and to learn from. There was a really uh, interesting article on Christianity Today this week, um, and you can access it through ChristianityToday.com, about Mary being the first, uh, first Christ follower. Mary is the first Christian. She's bearing Christ and she's following the will of God. And so as we follow Christ, we follow in her footsteps in many ways. But the point I want to highlight is is the idea of John, the greatest of the prophets, giving glory to the newborn. All right. Greater than all the prophets, not just John. We're going to move to Luke chapter 2, where Luke tells us this story. 
starting in verse 22, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that's Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So he's, he's still a newborn baby at this point. As it is written, verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So in the Jewish law, the firstborn male was considered set apart for the Lord in a special way. Verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, this is before Jesus' death. This is before the crucifixion. This is before the resurrection. This is before the ascension. It's before Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit would come and indwell all of the followers of Jesus. Simeon a man who's described as righteous and devout, it's said that the Holy Spirit was upon him. What's this description used of? Uh, who is this description used of in the Old Testament particularly? David is certainly one of them, but the, prof- the prophets, the, the Holy Spirit was on them. So Simeon is, is in the, the lineage of the Old Testament prophets, this devout Um, deeply righteous man, and it says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he's waiting for the Lord to fulfill his promise to Israel, to send his Messiah, to save his people from their enemies, to restore the kingdom. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What a mission. What a, what a purpose statement to live by. His whole life is wrapped up in this. Wait for the consolation of Israel. You will see the Messiah before you die. So Simeon, day by day, devout and righteous, waiting to see the Lord's promised one. Verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple. So that morning, he woke up, he prayed the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord is one. He's praying. He's meditating on the word. And the spirit compels him to go to the temple. So he comes in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, all right, before we get into that, I don't know about you, but if a complete stranger walks up to me and grabs my firstborn child out of my arms. (laughs) I'm going to be like, wait up, what's going on here? So Mary and Joseph, they're walking to the temple. They're going to dedicate him. They're following the law. And this prophetic old man walks in and takes the child from them and holds him in. He's holding Jesus. You You know when you haven't held a newborn in a while and then you do, how small they feel? I have four children, and every time we've had another child, all of a sudden, the one that was born before them feels like a giant. So Coach was two years old when our daughter Gracie was born, and he was so little and so cute. And then she was born, and all of a sudden, it's like, who is this man child? Because you hold a, a newborn, and they're just so tiny. 
is Jesus. Simeon's arm could fit in the palm of this man's hand. And he gazes down into his eyes. And he sings this song. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, I've been waiting for this day. For my eyes, it's looking in the face of Jesus. My eyes have seen what? Your salvation. Has Jesus died at this point or been raised? No. Jesus is our salvation. The person of Jesus is our hope. It's looking in. My eyes have seen your salvation, the person of Christ, that you have prepared in the presence of all your peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. One of Jesus' most poignant descriptions of himself and the disciples' descriptions of him. This is the light of the world. Simeon, this newborn baby, praying over him, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So not only glory to the newborn king, but through him glory to all the covenant people of God. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. In another place it says that Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart, all the things that were said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. So this child will be opposed. (laughs) This child and the message that he brings will be pushed against. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago too. And we were talking about Jesus being the light. What he does as the light is he reveals our innermost thoughts. Verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so another prophetic figure, Anna, same experience, compelled by the Spirit, sees this baby and begins to speak of him to anyone who would listen, all who are waiting. Verse 39, and when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So as you think about these stories, I want to I close this time with thinking about Simeon's prayer with the idea of glory to the newborn king. So let's, I want to invite you to stand. Let's read this prayer together. And then um, I have a few things for us to reflect on together. So 
So I'll begin reading, and I invite you to join me. Simeon, holding the child, go into your imagination, picture it in the temple. This newborn Christ child, the Messiah. Verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Glory to the newborn king. Are you living in peace? says, now you're letting your servant depart or, or remain for the rest of his life in peace. Are you living, church, family, Parker Ford, visitors, are you living in peace, trusting in God's word? Just like God had promised Simeon things, each of us have received words from the Lord, promises of his faithfulness and fulfillment. Are you living at peace, resting in that? Are you seeing his salvation? Simeon said, my eyes have seen your salvation. Are you seeing God's salvation? If you're not, let your eyes be open. The eyes of your heart be reawakened. Are you seeing his salvation? Are you being washed in the light and revelation of Jesus? Step into that light. Is the glory of Jesus shaking you from slumber into attentive worship? Everything in the 21st century in our culture is designed to do one thing, to put our souls to sleep. Everything about our world, consumerism, marketing, commercials, buying stuff, running never stopping, never ceasing, never settling, never being still and knowing that he is God. Everything about our culture is designed to put you to sleep. Is the glory of Jesus shaking you from your slumber into attentive worship? Wake up, O sleeper. Arise, shine. Let the light of Christ shine upon you. Praise team, you can come up. Let's pray together. Father, we have much to learn from Simeon and Anna. We have much to learn from John the Baptist, <laughs> who in the womb was so attentive to you that he could sense your presence and worship. Anna, who spends night and day so attentive to you that she could tell. <laughs> there was, you know, the scriptures say there was nothing about him when you looked at him that would let you know. <laughs> there was nothing about his appearance that was special. He was just a man like anyone else. And yet she was so aware of your movements that she could know. And the same could be said of Simeon, a man devout and righteous who'd given himself to waiting for the hope of Israel. And the spirit came upon him and compelled him to go to the temple and revealed to him that this is the salvation that he's been waiting for. 
We have much to learn, God, from them. I don't think it's any accident that in the Gospels, at the very beginning of the story, that their example is held up for us. This is the way that you walk with Jesus. <laughs> you wait for him, you listen, you adore him, and you follow. And so may we, Parker Ford Church, may we, people, followers of Jesus, truly follow the way of Jesus. Glory to you. All glory and honor are due to your name, Jesus. And we pray this in your precious name. Amen. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. I don't know if I want that one. <laughs> but the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all, shall, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Skipping ahead, 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And Jesus closing the scroll said, today the scripture has been fulfilled. Jesus, you are the light. You are our hope and our salvation. You are the reason we awake from slumber and say, that's not the life I'm going to live. The life I'm going to live is a life of pursuing Jesus with everything I have. If there is anything in your life that keeps you from pursuing the greatest treasure that there is, friends, cast that idol aside. Let it be torn down. You are not who you meant to be as long as you engage that. If there is anything that holds you back from running after Christ like Simeon or Anna or John, then you are not who you are created to fully be. And this isn't a judgment statement. This is an invitation to be free. To be free and free indeed. This is why Jesus said, if anyone would follow me, they must take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow me. So church, 
today, wherever you're at in your journey with the Lord, let this be a moment of renewal where you say, I choose to take up my cross. I choose to lay this thing aside that I would love in my flesh to continue to pursue. I choose to lay it aside that I might pursue that which is of greatest worth. Forgetting everything, Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Forget everything and press on to take hold of Jesus Christ. Father, let this be our prayer, our anthem, and the way that we live. It's not enough to just know truth. (laughs) We have to follow the way of Jesus. Help us walk as your disciples, your followers, your apprentices today, throughout our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was so good to be with you. Go with God. Be blessed.